0: When Jenny was in grade nine, she wrote a poem, and she called it School.
1: Sitting in classrooms, my mind is constantly fried. Good thing I'm not an egg.
0: (laughs) That's Jenny reading a poem from grade nine. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This, right now, is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing tonight? This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time recorded live at TWH Social in Kitchener, Ontario, we have a seven-year-old in need of adventure, concern for a pot-smoking friend, critical analysis of a Canadian children's novel, and much, much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it can help us understand who we are today. So, think about who you were when you were a kid and stick around. When Rachel was 10, she wrote fortunes for her friends. These are sort of like predictions about how her friends' lives might play out in the future. Rachel would write these fortunes in a little book, which she would then share with her friends for their reactions. Please welcome Rachel to our stage. <laughs>
2: Your fortune. You will marry Noah and have 10 children with him. Your children will grow up and move away. When you get your grandchildren, you dump him. <laughs> you you marry Nathan to become Becky's sister. You play games as you did when you were children. You are happy. You do not dump Nathan, but you marry again anyways. <laughs> you have a few more children and then dump your new boyfriend. The next night, you shall die in your sleep because Nathan strangles you when he's sleeping. But it doesn't matter because you are already about 170 years old. Do you like your fortune? Yes, no, and no is checked. And I wrote, Wouldn't you like to be Becky's sister? And she wrote, yes. Your fortune, Amber... You will grow up to be very beautiful and become a rock star. However, somebody is watching you in the crowd, and when he sees you come off the stage, he starts hugging you and kissing you and saying he missed you. You wondered who it was. You took off his hat and saw he was a robot. (laughs) (laughs) He had a sign on him, and it said, Watch out for a man that looks kind of nerdy. Then you saw him. You found out it was dot 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 Justin. (laughs) You were very happy. You were so very happy that you married him and had 101 babies. That's a lot of babies. (laughs) You lived merrily with him until you died when you were 100. Then you had him buried alive because you wanted him buried with you. (laughs) Do you like your fortune? Yes, no, or so-so, and no is checked off. (laughs) P.S. Please write back if you want. And she responded, not at all. How do I die? And I wrote, of age, you were 100 years old. (laughs) Um, Your fortune, Becky. You will be very beautiful when you are a teenager. You will be so lovely and elegant that all of the boys will want to go with you to the prom. But the one that you wanted to go out with never asked you. Then one day he did, and you fainted. At least everybody thought you fainted, well you did. But you nev- but you never woke up because dot dot dot. You also died. <laughs> you hate your fortune, let me guess. I knew it, am I right? Yes or no? And yes is checked. <laughs> PS write back if you want. And she wrote, No way I will never die when I am a teenager. <laughs> uh, and then this is <clears throat> your fortune for Lauren. Uh, you will become a movie star, etc. You will be a big <laughs> you will be a big celebrity. You'll even be on a commercial about soap. <laughs> you liked your job but you quit it anyway. You became a big boss at a computer company with your dog as your assistant. You you like it. You meet somebody, and he's so cute. You fainted when you awoke. You must have been dreaming. You were in his house, and he must have had $100,000. He was so rich, and he even wanted to marry you. Because you were half asleep, you said yes. You had some babies with him, but you didn't know and claimed they weren't yours. (laughs) After that, because you were rich, you quitted your job and went back to your house to live with your dog and soon went back to your regular job at being a celebrity. Do you like your fortune? Yes, no, or so-so? And so-so is checked off. I sort of liked it, but I don't like the baby part, is what she wrote to me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.
0: Rachel, everybody, your friends were really propping up the birth rate there. (laughs) When Tim was a kid, he had a pet dog named Lady. And when he was seven, Tim wrote a short piece of adventure fiction featuring Lady. And there's some important context you need in order to understand Tim's short story. Lady the dog was inherited with Tim's family house. So the dog came with the house. (laughs) Also, there's a large woods in behind the house. Those parts are true. The rest of it, I think, is made up. Please (laughs) welcome Tim to the Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids Stage.
3: Lady the Heroic Dog. When Lady came to our house, or should I say, when we came to Lady's house, I wasn't even born yet. But when I came home from the hospital, I knew that she was special, and she was. When I was growing up, she gave me rides on her back, and in return, I gave her half of my lollipop in the summer, and in the winter, I just gave her extra pats. In 1989, when I was seven... There was a bank robbery at the Toronto Dominion Bank when me and my mom were in town. I asked whose account it was from. My mom said, I'll call the bank right away. And so saying, she picked up the phone in the car. After she was done, she said, You won't believe me, but it was from your grandpa's account. My grandpa's account, I said... Yes, your grandpa's account. (laughs) They even said how much money the robbers took. How much did they steal, Mom? They said they stole $124,000. It's sad, huh? Yeah, it's sad. Grandpa will be broke, I said. That night, I told Lady about it. I decided that me and Lady would go looking for the crook. Besides, wouldn't the woods be a good place for a robber to hide? On Tuesday night at midnight, I got out of my bed and made a note that said, Don't worry about me. I have the gun and the supersonic walkie-talkie, so I can contact you, and I also have lady. I am going to look for the robber who robbed the bank. The reason I am doing this is because I need adventure. You will be hearing from me. I also forgot to tell you that the supersonic walkie-talkie doesn't need batteries. So long, Tim. And put it on my bed. Then I went to my closet and got my supersonic walkie-talkie and went to where our coats were kept. Finally, I found the gun. Then I went to the kitchen and got my mom's carving knife. (laughs) Then I put the supersonic walkie-talkie in the inside pocket of my coat and put the carving knife in my belt. Thank you.
0: I am not a literary expert. I think that's what they call a cliffhanger. (laughs) Do we have fans in the room of the writing of Lucy Maud Montgomery? If you are not familiar with Lucy Maud Montgomery, that is a OK. She was a Canadian author. She's probably best known for creating the classic children's novel Anne of Green Gables, and the entire series of books that followed, including Anne of Avonlea, Anne of the Island, many, many others. When our next reader Sarah was in eighth grade, she had to do a novel study project about the book Anne of Avonlea, and as you'll hear children's fiction from the early 1900s wasn't exactly her cup of tea. Here's Sarah.
1: Option 20, write to the author and explain your reaction to her book. Dear Lucy Maud Montgomery, I liked your book, Anne of Avonlea. Usually I read horror or murder mysteries, so it was a big change of pace. (laughs) This book was refreshing after heavy reading horror books, but a few at a time is enough for me. The sickening sweetness of everything starts to get on my nerves. Anne's life was much too perfect. If you weren't dead, I'd encourage you to keep writing these books, but for a younger crowd. (laughs) I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Sincerely, Sarah. (laughs) Option 35. Compare your book with another that you have read. The book I'm going to compare is Misery by Stephen King. (laughs) These books were very different, but they had a few similar qualities. (laughs) Both Misery and Adam of Avonlea have happy endings. Paul was rescued, and Anne was with Gilbert, and they both had ups and downs. (laughs) Anne of Avonlea was down when Gilbert was sick, Davy was bad, etc. In Misery, Paul got chopped, and Annie killed the only person who knew he was there, (laughs) etc. I would say Anne had more ups and downs, and the opposite was true of Misery. (laughs) The only real ups in Misery was when uh, Annie was happy and when Paul was rescued. I prefer Misery to Anne of Avonlea because Misery wasn't so (laughs) cutesy-poo. Option 100. Tell me about someone who would not like this book. Matt B. should not read this book because he wouldn't appreciate it. He'd think of it as a girl book, and he'd not give it a chance from the beginning. He might not understand all of the language, either. <laughs> Matt wouldn't have a role model in Anne of Avonlea, and he'd think it was too perfect in Cutesy Poo. This is purely speculation, and maybe I'm wrong. And my teacher responded, probably not.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and finally, option 96, why would this book be ruined by a book report? This book, Anne of Avonlea, would be ruined, because when you read it, you enjoy it, but when it's dissected part by part and really thought about, you realize all its faults and how lame it is. (laughs) It's the kind of book that can only be read once, for easy reading, and put away. It's easily forgotten, and the plot is predictable. This is just my opinion. And then my teacher responded, many would agree, but many more would not. Some people read it over again and again. Thank
4: you.
0: Sick burn on Matt B. Sarah wasn't the only reader at our Kitchener show who preferred horror stories. When Scott was in grade one, he wrote a scary story of his own. The story itself is cut into the shape of a ghost. (laughs) And the characters include Dracula... And somebody named Super Scott. Please welcome (laughs) Scott to our stage.
5: Once upon a time, a little boy was trick or treating when Dracula jumped out of nowhere and picked him up. And the little boy said, Help! Help! Where are you taking me? I am taking you to my cave to suck your blood and the little boy said oh no you're not (laughs) and he tore off his shirt and it said super scott and he punched Dracula in his fangs and they fell out and then he jumped on him and said You won't be drinking any more blood for the rest of your life because you will die! (laughs) And Scott jumped on his stomach and his guts came out. (laughs) And then Scott said, Maybe I shouldn't have acted too hard on him after all. The end? (laughs) Thank you.
0: Short and sweet, but most importantly, what an important moral message. <laughs> poetry is always popular at Grown Up Street, things they wrote as kids, especially angsty teenage poetry. And our next reader, Chelsea brought some prime examples, written when she was 16 and 17. Now, this poetry might seem angry and dark, but Chelsea assures us it is in no way a reflection of her actual childhood, which was quite lovely and positive. (laughs) Please welcome Chelsea to our stage.
6: So the first poem is called Standing Beside Myself. The world outside is fading. Everything is floating away into one deep, black, endless hole. My mind is filling up with emptiness. The quiet is so loud, it hurts. My vision is dampening and becoming blurry. The walls are thin and spongy. Soon there will be no walls to hold me up. All feeling in my body is suddenly released out through my toes and fingers, like rays escaping the sun. I am alone and blind. Nothing is holding me up. Limply and cold, I fall. I fall into the endless darkness consisting of nothing. No dreams, no nightmares, no hopes or fears. I have fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) This is probably the most dramatic thing I've ever written. Um, This one is called Damned Are the Fools. (laughs) Oh, lusty insanity. (laughs) Draped with drunken promises. Colors of the soul and sight of the heart. Blind in reality and edgeful in sleep. Damned are the fools who declare you twisted and wretched. Steamy hands grasp your broken sentences and drag you from the darkness. Damned are the fools who deny your presence and trust their thought is preferable to, 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 dot, dot, dot. (laughs) The world spills with insane, and the fools are declared the outcasts, lost in their fantasies. Thank you.
0: When G was a teenager, she chronicled her life, not in a diary, but in a slightly different format. At the end of every single year, she would write a year in review. These were sealed, not to be read for several years. They were unopened until very recently when G opened them up. And translated them from their original French. What we're gonna hear tonight a few selections from G's 16 year old year in review. This is a review of the year 1996. It contains an about me section, some monthly highlights, some predictions for the year ahead, and heads up, it acknowledges the existence of sex. Please welcome G to our stage.
7: And I did bring the original.
0: You can't see, but G unfurled a long stream of that printer paper that's perforated and connected into one big long piece.
7: This is why I'm reading a condensed version. (laughs) 1996, the year in review. Wow, another year has already gone by. The older I get, the faster it goes by. Probably just my imagination. What can I say? 1996 was a good year of overall highs with a few lows. So let's start with me. Me. I still have the same name, still have shoulder-length blonde hair, still have blue eyes, still almost 5'9", grade 12, graduating soon. My favorite, colors, blue and black, food, McDonald's quarter pounders, English muffins, peach yogurt, clothing, nothing fitted, (laughs) jeans and ball caps, TV shows, Sailor Moon. Teams: Um, EME Vikings, which was my high school's basketball team, and the Toronto Raptors. (laughs) Expression, duh. I love dragons and guys with earrings in both
4: ears.
7: (laughs) My friends, Cathy, Annie, Guillaume, Gabi, Lynn, Marilyn, Luc, Sophie, Jacques, Julie, Sébastien. Guys I care for, Jacques. (laughs) Guys I don't care for but wouldn't say no. (laughs) J and M. (laughs) January. I don't really remember January other than we had a weekend karate training camp. And I passed my green belt at the same time as Jacques and Sophie. February. I never want to forget today. We had a karate tournament. I finally beat Sonia Inspiring, and I finally locked myself in the bathroom to make up with Jacques. (laughs) April, I'm still thinking about that wonderful February day. (laughs) May, chatting with Jacques on the phone. I compare him to a Dodge Ram Dually 4x4 extended cab, fully equipped in green. (laughs) He compares me to a filet mignon, then a top 586 Pentium computer. (laughs) June, Jacques is having a party in the woods behind his house for his birthday and of course I'm invited. Until mom decided that I wasn't allowed to go because it was in the woods and she's worried that I might sleep with him. I am so mad. I cannot believe this mom. Don't you trust me? July went to the fair with Jock. Have you ever tried to make out with someone in the zipper while the cage is in motion? I do not recommend it. September, for my birthday, Jacques and Sophie stayed over for the weekend. I finally was able to slow dance with him to Def Leppard at the bar, and I didn't even cry. <laughs> <laughs> Wishes for 1997. Go to the prom with Jacques. Be allowed to go to Jacques' birthday party. Get a tattoo. <laughs> for Bon Jovi to release a new record. <laughs> slow dance with Alfred, 5B, <laughs> and can be? it's all coming back to me now because it's the longest slow song the bar plays. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody. I'm kind of sad that you didn't get to go to the party in the woods behind Jacques' house. If you had, you might have caught a bank robber or. or seen a seven year old with a knife in his belt. When Tanis was growing up, she kept a private diary. And at our Kitchener show, she shared a few entries from a few different years, all the way from grade four to grade eight, covering topics like love, bras, marijuana, a grade eight grad dance. Heads up, there's a subtle cuss word. Please welcome to our stage, Tanis.
8: April 26, 1994, grade four. Dear Diary, how do you know if you're in love? I mean, I know I'm young, but I like him, and he likes me. I know it's probably a crush, but how do you know if it's real love? I think about him all the time. He is so, so everything. <laughs> He's cute, nice, funny, smart, etc. So I want to know. I mean, it's not like I'm going to marry him or anything, but I like him so much, in brackets. Him is really David. (laughs) I love him. In brackets. I also like Cody. (laughs) I also want a hamster so bad, but my dad said to wait (laughs) until after we move. May 13th, 1995, grade 5. Dear Diary, you know how I wanted a bra real bad? Well, I wore a camisole, but the other day I said to my mom, Erica was wearing this shirt, but it was see-through. And then I said, but it doesn't matter because she wears a bra. And my mom said, oh, she does? I said, yeah, lots of people do. And she said, well, if it bothers you so much, I'll buy you a trainer bra. So a couple days ago, I got one. A real trainer bra. Now I feel older, but everybody at school is snapping each other's and it hurts. LAUGHTER I'm going to make a list of who wears a bra. And then I went on to make a table with uh, all the with all the girls in the class listed in one column. And then I had categories for bra, trainer bra, camisole, nothing, unknown. And then I tallied the numbers. If you are curious, nine of 16 had real bras, two, including myself, trainer bras, three out of 16 camisoles, and three out of 16 nothing, There were no unknowns. December 2nd, 1997, grade 8. Diary. I am really worried about Vanessa. Today, I found out that she wants to smoke pot Friday after school. She's going to buy it from one of the guys. Isn't that terrible? I tried talking to her, but I don't think it worked. I can't believe she would even consider the idea. She says she's doing it to get back at her dad and that she'll only do it once, but once could turn into years. It only takes once to get addicted. Besides, once could kill her. Seriously, she could have a sensitive body or be allergic to something in it and die. Diary, I can't let her do this to herself. I will do anything to stop her, including calling her parents. I know that is bad. (laughs) I didn't. I know that is bad, but maybe they could get her some help because I think she needs it. Last one, June 18th, 1998, grade 8. I hate her. I hate her so much. You will never believe what she did to me. At after grad, everything was going fine, except then it happened. Truly, Madly, Deeply came on, and I told people, including her, that I wanted to dance with Joey on that dance. I walked towards him, and almost as I got there, she came in from the side and asked him. I couldn't believe she did that to me. She ruined my entire grad, and she's supposed to be my friend. There weren't very many other slow songs, and when there were, I either couldn't find him or he was sitting down with a ton of people. I could have asked him then, I suppose, but I really wanted to dance with him on that song, and I was so close. I hate her. I think she knows, but she hasn't apologized. I'm sure she doesn't think it's a big deal at all, but it is. Besides that, no one asked me to dance. I wanted to dance with so many people, but they were always with other people. God damn it, she got to dance with Justin. (laughs) He's not enough that she has to ask Joey, too? I was right there, diary. I'll never, ever have a chance to dance with him or Ian or anyone ever again. <laughs> Ian was supposed to dance with me, but he didn't. Instead, he danced with Larissa twice. I did dance with Ali Khan the last dance, but that certainly didn't make up for it. He holds you so weird. <laughs> but, oh well, at least it's someone. Well... Well, I'm really sad and depressed and mad and I'm tired because it's 1 a.m., Tanis. P.S. I got a manicure. Thank you.
0: Tanis also asked me to let you know that during the break she'll be doing a survey about (laughs) undergarments and would like your input. That has been Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Huge round of applause for everybody who read tonight. So, so good. Thank you for coming to listen. Thank you to everybody here at TWH Social. Thank you to my wife, Jenna. Thank you to me, Dan Meisner. Stick around, say hello, get home safe, then dig up your own kid writing. We'll see you soon. Bye.
3: The reason I am doing this is because I need adventure.